I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What a game, Andrew! 142 points. You know, it was the second second closest game of the night. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Last night was so weird. There were like eight games played, and that was the second closest. Yeah, Philly beat Minnesota one forty nine to one oh seven. Milwaukee one twenty four to eighty six. Oh my gosh. And then the Denver Golden State game. Man, it the Thunder just didn't show up and they said said as much after the game. Like, yeah, we didn't really have the necessary energy to play in that game. Oh, really? That's great. That's cool. They just they just were terrible. Like they just decided that they were going to play one quarter, and it was that third quarter. And I said this on Thunder After Dark last night. I think that they thought the Hawks were just going to roll over and die because the Thunder had stolen momentum, and the Hawks took it right back from them and just killed them in the fourth. Yeah, it was it was especially kind of disappointing because it was Dennis Schroeder's return to Atlanta. So if they needed an excuse to get up for a random January game against a bottom feeder, that would be it. I mean, right. you saw what the Sixers did to the Wolves, how they responded for Jimmy Butler. They mm-hmm. both in the game and on Instagram afterwards. <laughs> and then OKC just like didn't show up for Dennis. Like, yeah, you can you can figure this out, Dennis. <laughs> Is this an indictment on Dennis? I don't know, man. I, I don't know if they got his back. I'm worried. <laughs> They were good. The Hawks were freaking good, though. The Thunder were, were bad, and the Hawks were good. And that's how you get 142 points in regulation to the 29th worst or the best team, 29th best team in offense on the season. They're terrible. Yeah. That was their highest points total of the year. But here here was a crazy stat I found. They only had 10 fast break points. <laughs> in a game in which they scored 142, they had 10 fast break points and the thunder had like 40 the thunder had 40 which by the way is their highest percentage of points from fast break points all season so usually like of their total number of points scored in the game 16 percent are fast break points last night it was 31.7 so they're they were getting steals they were getting deflections like they normally would it's just every other part of the defense especially the pick and roll defense they just didn't care it's like if I can, if I can gamble yeah. and get this steal, mm-hmm. I'll do it. But yeah. if you ask me to do anything else, <laughs> they switch so lazily too. And that's if you're going to switch, you've got to be disciplined. And also, like the Thunder aren't like automatically switching everything this season. They're only switching when they need to. But they switched too much last night. That's I mean that's how you got Steve out on the perimeter and you had Dennis on you know Alex Len. And right. that happened over and over again because they're like, oh, that's what the Thunder are going to do? Great. Let's do that again. And it just happened over and over. You had Steve way out there. You had a guard way in inside the paint. It just, 
it was just a poorly executed game. And they played like if, if the Thunder score 126 points, that's good enough. That's more than good enough. In yeah, look at, look, look at that box score. The box score is beautiful. Like Westbrook even had like a decent shooting night. Obviously, he didn't hit his threes, but he was hitting his free throws. He was 11 for 14 from the line. Yeah. By the way, the Thunder, I just mentioned that they had the highest percentage of points from fast break all season. They also had the highest percentage of points from the free throw line all season. They they shot 31 or they shot 41 free throws and made 31, which is good for 75.6%. Yeah. That's good enough. Like. It seemed like everyone on their team outside of the bench went off. The bench was pretty bad. The bench was really bad. Really, really bad. Uh, They just outplayed them. Just plain and simple. I mean, their main guys just didn't show up. I thought Jeremy Grant played okay. Um, Yeah, he was good. Everybody else, I just just felt like it was a very poorly executed game. They scored points. Great. Like I, I looked at Paul George's box score and was just baffled. When he had, uh, he had twenty four points, five steals, three assists, eight boards, seven to seven from uh, the free throw line, five of twelve from three. It's like, oh, yeah. that's great. Oh, they lost <laughs> because nobody cared. Like they really thought that. I think they thought we're just going to outscore them tonight. I don't want to give the they. I just honestly think they didn't want to give the effort. Uh. Any that your mission accomplished. Mission they did it. Yeah, they did not give the effort. It was really <laughs> it was just a poor game. I don't know that it's like a indication of like where this team is headed. I actually don't think that at all. Um, but it just sucked to watch that game. Um, I have some stats about the last five games. Yeah, I, I've been looking. It's not good. So. They're one and four. They have losses to Washington, Minnesota, Spurs, and Atlanta. Interestingly, they've shot better. They've shot 40% or better from three in four out of five of those games. Yeah. But let's talk about their defense. Their defensive rating during those games, 119.7, good for 28th in the league. Mm -hmm. Season long, still at 103.6. They're still first by a few baby points against the Pacers. I thought this was interesting. Uh, opponent second chance points per game in this last streak the opponents have been averaging 17 second chance points which is good for 28th in the league previously the thunder were eighth in the league so they didn't they didn't allow a lot of second chance points Mm -hmm. and that that's kind of speaks to the effort thing blocks per game has gone from 10th in the league to 22nd in the league in these last couple games they're still stealing the ball. They've only dropped down to sixth in these last five games. So they're doing great there. And then their defensive rebound percentage has dropped from ninth in the league to 21st in the league. Meanwhile, their offensive rating, they're now, uh, they, they've been eighth best in the league yeah. <laughs> in these last five games. So the offense is, uh, is clicking. They're just not playing any defense. I think that they've just hit the point where <clears throat> they know who they are as a team. You know, like it's January. Like we've, we don't have a lot to play. They don't think they have a lot to play for right now. They're just, and I know fans are frustrated by it. I just don't think they care. I really don't. I don't think they care about right now. I think they know the kind of team that they are. I think they're going to be ready come playoff time. But right now they're just, it's just January and they don't care. And that's just, that happens with teams. I think that you, you see a lot of teams right now that aren't playing well and it's, you know, like Boston right now is struggling. 
I don't, I don't think that Boston's just going to fall apart. Like, I just, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they're going to be fine. I just think that things, things happen in the middle of NBA seasons. And if you like bet that that's what's going to happen the rest of the season, you're usually wrong whenever things like are swinging wildly one way or another, whether a team is just great or a team is just bad. Usually you're close to the team that you were in the first two months of the season. Uh, you're usually that that's usually the team that you are uh, for the rest of the season, or at least going into playoff time, unless there's a big trade. And uh, as we get close to the trade deadline, I just don't know what, kind of deal makes sense for this team. Everybody wants the Thunder to make a trade. I don't know that it makes a ton of sense for them to give up an asset at this point to get a player that may or may not be a part of their future. I, I think that they'd be more likely to wait for the buyout market and see if somebody emerges as a guy that could help them. But Yeah, I listened to uh, Michele's mailbag yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it didn't sound like there were a ton of great options. You know, he wasn't really excited about anyone in particular. Yeah. I mean, the big deal is the Thunder aren't going to take on money for this season or next. Unless it's somebody that's going to help that push them toward championship contention. Right. Like they're like Terrence Ross, like he's good. I think he's a good player, but. I don't think that they're going to be willing to take on money. And I don't think you want to give up an asset. What are you going to give up to get him? The Thunder don't have a first-round pick to trade unless they're going to trade one in 2058. Like, they're not going to do that. They're not going and they're, to, You don't give up yeah. Rami. You don't give up Terrence for, that, for Terrence Ross. I'm sorry. You just don't. For an unproven player in the playoffs, you don't do that. And on the flip side, they're tradable assets or that we think are tradable probably don't have any value like what? So there's really like nothing in between for the Thunder to trade. Like there's nothing in between like Patterson and Abrinas versus Diallo and Ferguson. Like there's no asset in between there oh, that's like yeah, yeah. has a little bit of value <laughs> but a, isn't one of our young guys. Yeah, the young guys are the are the trade pieces. I mean that's it's Terrence and it's Hami and that's really and and Jeremy and Steven like those are like the big time like assets that Thunder have right now and you I, I get it we want to package Abrinas and Patterson to get back guys that we like hey we're, we're throwing in a second too, Andrew <laughs> don't ignore that I mean here's the facts Patrick Patterson hasn't been very good this season he's been better as of late certainly but has not been good this season Alex Abrinas has been out for personal reasons, for a long time. Do you think that you could trade that guy and that team thinks, oh, this could be great? Like, no, like nobody really knows what's going on with him. I don't think that's a guy that you can really trade and get something back that makes sense. And maybe Sam Presti can because Sam is, I mean, he traded campaign when he was injured and played terribly and then they ended up getting a really nice package back. Like, there's, there's a chance that something like that happens, but the chances are so slim. And I just don't know that that's going to happen again. Cause when trades like that happen, GMs take notice like, Oh, like I need to think really hard. And I need to talk to as many people as possible when Sam Presti calls me because I don't want to be Gar Foreman, uh, you know, two years ago, I just don't want to be that. And so I just don't, those guys aren't super tradable. And honestly, like if Patterson can play close to what he's been lately, he's been good enough to be a backup for. And also the rotations are going to shrink. They're going to shrink come playoff time. 
Nerlens is going to come back at some point. I think that he's a part of the rotation. I don't know that Pat is. I think that you end up playing smaller and playing PG at the four more. Uh, and then you also have the Andre Robertson wild card. So like when it comes down to it, Patterson or Brinus may not be guys that play in the playoffs anyways. And so right. I, I don't know that you can acquire a guy with those guys that would jump them so much in the rotation that they would like be closing a game in the playoffs or playing significant minutes. I think they have their guys and I know people are frustrated and you want the first thing you want to do is make a trade. But honestly, like you can't make decisions about who a team is in January. I don't, I don't think last night was indicative of the team they are. I just think they didn't show up. I didn't think they give the, the proper effort. They said that after the game, I think you move on. And part of me wonders if like the tougher schedule might be better for them in a way that they like have to get up and play these games. Cause like they played really well against the Spurs both times. They lost one of them, but I thought they gave great effort and played the way they should. Portland, they go up to Portland, and they beat Portland. It was one of the biggest wins of the season, you know, and then they play Washington at home. Don't give the effort. They play in Atlanta. Don't give the effort. Those are teams that I just don't think excite them. And for whatever reason, this team needs that motivation. It's very 2017, 18 of this team to Mm. be performing like this. Yeah. Well, they got plenty of those tough games coming up. Although we did uh, learn this morning that LeBron will not be playing on Thursday. That's a bummer. That's a concern. (laughs) That's a bummer. I think they'll get up. I think they, I think you want to beat the Lakers on national TV. You know, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I'd be very, I'd be very worried if they didn't get up for that game, and they may not. They may not. The game that and Brett Dawson and I were talking about this off the pod last night was the game that we're really worried about is that Knicks game on Monday. It's at eleven thirty a.m. against the Knicks in New York. I just don't think they're gonna care at all, and the Knicks don't know how to care. It's gonna. It may be one of the ugliest games of the year. It may be similar to last night, and hopefully the Thunder can be on the right side of it. But I can just see them like nobody. Nobody really shows up on those early Martin Luther King Day games. I mean, it's, Jeez, that starts at nine thirty out here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm excited though about the Saturday game because they got uh, the big ABC game two thirty Philly. Yeah, yeah. That's That'll a big. That's a big one. They'll show up for that one. I think Philly and OKC will show up, and the Thunder have beaten them sixteen times in a row or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I think that that'll be interesting to see how both teams handle that because Philly Philly played really well last night, and they got our guy Corey Brewer on their roster now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you said that so positively. That seems like a sign that something's gone really wrong with their season. They just don't have any guys. I mean, that's... Yeah, apparently Wilson Chandler's been pretty terrible. Yeah, they just don't have anybody. I mean, their bench, like Mike Muscala plays a ton. Landry Shamit plays a ton. Uh, TJ McConnell is probably their sixth man. Uh, They're just not... They just don't have a bench. They're playing this guy, Jonah Bolden. Uh who is, is just not, not a great player. They're just, their whole bench is just not any good. So, uh, Corey did play last night. He played eight minutes, probably in garbage time. Good for him. He made a three. Hey, I, I haven't watched a lot. I hadn't watched a lot of Hawks. I didn't realize how 
big uh, Vince Carter was as a piece of their team. Yeah. <laughs> he plays a lot. <laughs> does he play? I, I haven't watched him either. Does he Does he play a lot on the reg? I don't know, but comparing him to like uh, the season of Dirk, I mean, yeah, he he's getting pretty big time stats. Good for him. And he can he can move a lot better than Dirk does. Yeah, he can. Uh, let's see. He's averaging 17 minutes a game. Pretty good. That's big time. As a 42-year-old. I'd like to thank The Mule for sponsoring today's show. Got to go down to The Mule. It's at 16th and Blackwell there. Near downtown OKC in the Plaza District. One, it's just a cool place to go. If you go down to the Plaza District, you just feel a little bit cooler. And if you're going to any restaurant, you've got to choose The Mule. They're a gourmet grilled cheese restaurant. You got to follow them on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook, at The Mule OKC. You can see what they're all about there. Give them a follow. You're going to see their delicious grilled cheeses. They have great French fries. They've really got great cocktail selections. They have a pint night every week where you can take the pint home of a specialty beer. Uh, it's just a cool place. Uh, it's a great place to watch the Thunder game tomorrow night if you are not going to the game Thursday night, you can go to the Mule, sit at the bar, have a nice beverage, eat a delicious grilled cheese sandwich, and have a bowl of soup, or you can have french fries, uh, or you can ask for their seasonal side, which is always delicious, because everything they do is fresh and creative and just absolutely unreal. It's delicious. So support the people that support Down to Dunk, and go eat at the Mule. Okay, you ready for this game? Uh, I'm ready, yeah. All right, well, last night was a rough one. I think a lot of fans out there are panicking, Andrew. So you being cool, calm, and collected, I bet you're panicked about a few things. So I'm going to ask you to rate the following 12 items on a scale of 1 to 10 on the panic meter. Okay. Now... Uh, to give you some sense of uh, what, you know, one might be, what a 10 might be. So one would be like when your wife bets you that you can eat 16 Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A nuggets and you order 24 just to show off. Definitely can. Totally confident. And then a 10 would be like when you flush the toilet and the water starts coming up and you can't, <laughs> and you can't do anything. <laughs> and you're just watching it and it starts overflowing that, that moment that it like is perfectly even with your brim oh. of your toilet and then rolls over. Oh, that's a 10. Okay. Okay. So the first one panic meter thunders chances to finish as a top five defense. Oh, Are you panicked? one. Oh, you're not panicked at all. No, give me really give me all the nuggets. So, th- so this recent stretch hasn't thrown you off at all. Uh, no, no, I've se- we've seen the potential that this team has, and not just like flashes of it. You know, like last season, I felt like we saw flashes of an elite defense. Uh, this season, we've seen it for weeks on end. So I just think that this is more of a of a flash than that is. Yeah, we're seeing more flashes of a bad defense. Yeah, I just I think they're they're nothing has changed. Like no nobody's out. Like if some like if Jeremy Grant was injured or if Ferguson was injured or something like that, then I'd be like, yeah, I don't think they can do it. Cause I don't know that, you know, definitely Abdul Nader can't help them get there, but I, they're the same team. They just need to figure out how to care on a nightly basis. 
Hey, by the way, I don't know if this is true for you on uh, Twitter, but when I woke up this morning, Westbrook was trending on Twitter. Oh, really? And I was worried. I like, what happened? I was very worried. <laughs> Turns out there's a Westbrook Maine and there's a giant ice circle that's floating down one of their rivers and the, the ducks are using it as a uh, raft. <laughs> <laughs> that's best case scenario for a Westbrook trending, I think. Uh, go check it out. It's a giant ice disc. It looks like a uh, an alien ship. People are very excited about it. <laughs> we might have to just end the podcast now so I can go watch this. <laughs> oh, it's spinning too. Okay, next one. <laughs> Panic meter. Thunder's chances to finish as a top 10 offense. Oh, the there's there's poop all over my floor right now. <laughs> oh, no. Ten. I mean, I'm not panicked about it. It's just a reality. But you they know? have been they've been eighth best in the last five games. I know. Andrew. I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying okay. it. I don't. I don't. I think at best they're thirteen, fourteen. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I just don't. No, no I agree. I think there is a top ten offense in some reality of this team, but I, I don't think it happens most of the times you play it out. Yeah. 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 I don't. I think it could happen, it. but yeah, it it could. But you um, would you would need a Brinus to come back and really be like a, a knockdown shooter coming off the bench. I feel like he's he would be an important part of that. Oh wow, it almost looks like the moon. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? That's really cool. You guys got to go check this out. Are there people underneath there? No, Moving there's not. People. No, no. <laughs> I saw a guy. I thought I saw a scuba. No, you think people are <laughs> townsfolk are just underneath it, just spinning I'm, it manually. I'm, I'm sorry, but I thought I saw that. Conspiracy. They're trying to get publicity for their little town in Maine. Conspiracy. This is the only way they, they came up to do it. Hey, did you know Westbrook, Maine existed until today? No, I didn't. See, I'm just telling you. It's scu- cool, though. It's worth the scubas. All right, next one. Panic meter. Thunder's rest of season schedule. How panicked are you? Um, hardest schedule in the league. Yeah, like a four, four. I think that's that's probably right. You know, you look ahead at their schedule, and yes, they're playing a lot more hard teams, but there's still like bad teams mixed in there. I, I, there's not like a crazy stretch. Maybe there is one like at the end of February, yeah, um, beginning of March. But otherwise, it seems doable. I think they have to least, go like twenty four and fifteen to to get fifty to get fifty games. Yeah, are, are you? Do you think they could do that? I think they can do that. Well, I picked the under on their over under. So yeah, you uh, did. I hope they go twenty three and sixteen. <laughs> was it <there> over <laughs> under fifty two though? Oh, was it that high? I thought it was fifty and a half. Actually, maybe it was. I don't remember. Oh, so they could go fifty. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Twenty four and fifteen. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think if they get over, if they get fifty games or over, like that's a successful season for them because they haven't oh, been able to sure. do that in a while. So I, and also I just don't know how many how many teams are going to win fifty games in the West. I don't know. I don't know if the Lakers can do it oh, at this point. I just don't. I yeah. I don't. I don't see it for the Lakers. There's just not. I mean, if if Le, I don't know when LeBron returns, he's obviously not returning uh, tomorrow. But man, if he if he can't play for like another like week or two and they keep losing, like I just, I mean, I think they're more in danger. I think I would probably bet on them being in danger of missing the playoffs more than 
getting to 50 games. Yeah, it's so crazy they could have had Paul George if they just made an offer, more than likely. It, like a real offer. You mean a trade offer? Yeah, yeah, oh. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And you know yeah. what? I mean, I think the Pacers would be very sad with the return they got. Yeah, probably. These these young they wouldn't Lakers have an all-star. Are just, yeah, no. These young Lakers just aren't very good. It's, it's weird. It is weird and it's crazy, but these guys, they're just not great players. None of them. And people have been talking about like maybe the Lakers are just just bad at drafting cuz you look look back at those drafts, there's like there's really good players. And all those drafts, just that number two spot, they just couldn't ever get the right guy. Yeah, I, I sent um, I sent a question into McKellie's mailbag asking him to rank the, the Lakers' young guys in terms of trade value. Yeah. And uh, afterwards, he sent me a DM, and he was like, oh, man, I should have said D'Angelo Russell or Julius Randle. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> real. Like, those, might, those guys <laughs> might be better. Yeah. And especially, I don't know about Randle, because I just don't know that he can defend uh, but Russell's been really good for the yeah. Nets. They have to be just so pumped about that deal that they made. Because uh, all they, I mean, they took on money to get him. And like that was basically the trade. And they have to be just so happy that that happened. And they have, and there's like a little weirdness with he and Dinwiddie, but they play a lot together. Like I just don't, you're a bad team like they are. They're actually, they're okay. You're a decent team that's like trying to build for something. You just keep both of them. Uh, they're the seventh seed right now. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I mean they're they'll probably make the playoffs. Wow, which is just wild, and it's kind of it kind of sucks for them too because they have their pick for right. the first time in forever, and it won't even be a lottery pick. <laughs> I mean, it's just like wow, man. Yeah. Okay, uh, next one. Panic meter. Hamadou Diallo hitting the rookie wall. So this is something that Matt Pinto brought up last night. He, yeah. he wondered if Diallo had hit the rookie wall. I did look since December 31st. He's shooting four of 19 from the field, which is like one bad Westbrook night. But so it's not like a ton of shots. But he I have noticed that I, this is going to sound weird. I have noticed that I haven't noticed him as much. Mm-hmm. Like he just hasn't been making some of those highlight plays that we were used to earlier in the season. Yeah. So how panicked are you? Oh, it's probably rookie ball. probably like an eight. Okay. Yeah, I think he's. I think he might. I think he'll have some development the rest of the season. But as far as like being a super effective player, he might be done being an effective player this season, which is fine. Right. I mean, Ferguson kind of did the same thing last season, where he had some nice games in this during the beginning of the season and showed some flashes here and there, but then. Toward the end of the season, he just wasn't a part of the rotation. And that's okay. Like That's okay for a 20-year-old rookie. That's perfectly fine. And uh, when Abrinas comes back, I kind of expect Abrinas and um, Nader to still play and for Hami to sit, which I think is probably in, ends up being a better thing for this team because they get more shooting out there. Uh, and if Abrinas is 100%, like he's probably a better defender than Diallo is right now. Uh, just because he's had more experience doing it. I, I mean, the the gap between those two as defenders won't exist for very long. Um, but for now, for uh, a rookie Hamadou Diallo, yeah, yeah, he's going to be, he's a better defender than he is. So, you know, Abrinas is with the team again. He played, or he didn't play. He you know, shot before the game and is with the team. So hopefully he's somewhere close to coming back and if he comes back within the next month or so and is healthy 
that that's a big boost to this team too. And I feel like they did find somebody in Nader that can play. Uh, and so if you have both those guys coming off the bench and you give, that just gives Dennis more space to operate, uh, which I think is a good thing. So, uh, shout out to Hami last night because the Hawks have a really cool deal where if in the fourth quarter, the opposing team's player misses two free throws in a row, they all get a free Chick-fil-A sandwich which was a yeah. great deal. And he had a chance because he missed his first one. Crowd was going crazy. He sank the second one. <laughs> Very excited for him. Do the do the Blazers have something like that? Uh, yes, they do. But I think it's uh, for McDonald's or something. Yeah. I, I wasn't interested in cheering, I remember. Brett was saying most teams have that, have something like that. The but Thunder, the Thunder don't, right? The Thunder don't. Yeah, the Thunder have never done something like that. The Hornets did something like that. Um with some local fast food. I think it was, maybe it was Taco Bell. That they thing. should. It's fun. Uh, you know, my son calls Taco Bell, Taco Ding Dong. Why does he call it that, Andrew? <laughs> he said, it's just, he said a bell goes ding dong. He said, it just sounds cooler to me. Oh, okay. So, okay. There is some logic there. I thought it was just a random thing. No, no. He said that's, well, he's never eaten a Taco Bell in his whole life, but <laughs> I remember, uh, my mom didn't let me eat fast food growing up. Mm-hmm. And for my birthday one year, she was like, I'll take you anywhere you want. Where do you want to go? Cause my dad was out of town uh-huh. and I chose Taco Bell <laughs> be- because their toy at that time was a uh, Nintendo 64 based. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also my mom didn't let me have video games growing up. So that was like the closest I could get to a Nintendo 64 <laughs> was getting that toy. So I didn't even like Taco Bell, but I just wanted the toy. So that's what I did for my birthday. Yeah. That's kind, okay. of, that's kind of disappointing to have like all this build up about fast food and then actually having it. You're just like, Oh, this except is, for Chick-fil-A, except for, that, Ch- yes, that changed my world. True. True. Okay. Next one. Panic meter. Russell Westbrook shooting. Now, last night uh, at Prime Nerlens, probably seen his his handle on Twitter. He uh, posted a clip from last night's game where you can clearly hear Westbrook yelling. Tell me I can't shoot the F wrong with y'all. And you can't (laughs) see who he's yelling that at. So it could be like the bench. It could be a fan or something. Yeah. But I thought it was very funny. So how panicked are you about Russell Westbrook shooting in general? Four, three. Yeah, I've kind of come down. I'm not worried from about it. Being too worried. Yeah. You know, like last night he took three threes and missed them. Um, but I do feel like the rest of his game is kind of normalizing. Like he his looked like normal game. Westbrook last night. And also the yeah. fact that he wasn't defending looked like normal Westbrook <laughs> last night. He's back. <laughs> he, he looks back. He looked good. Like he's getting to the rim. He looks fine. He's finishing in transition. That's something that the the Thunder it's the Thunder organization was a little frustrated with in the beginning of the season that he just wasn't finishing in transition, and he has been lately. So, um, all right. Next on the panic meter, Paul George's chances to win Defensive Player of the Year. Like how? Uh, it's like a ten. Is like I'm worried that he won't. Correct. I'm I'm probably at a two. Really? So you're still feeling good. You still feel like he has a pretty decent shot. Yeah, I think the Thunder will be top three in defense. And I think people, I mean, here's the thing with defensive player of the year. Like nobody freaking knows like who the best defender in the league is. People just talk about it. And then people write about it and they're like, oh, well, this guy's this and this guy's that. And he's been, uh, 
I, nobody knows. Like, I just think that there's guys that get written in at, like as a narrative as the best player, as the best defensive player. I think Paul George has largely been that this season. Like, who else would it be? I mean, that's um, that would be my question to that. Like, who who else? Like, who from Indiana would be the defensive player of the year? Domas. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know who it would be. It's, I I don't know. I'll tell you. Have a guy. I'll tell you who's going to make a run though. It's Gobert is going to make a run because the Jazz. Yeah. Have a super easy schedule coming up. I have a feeling they're going to win a ton of games. Get back in like the fourth, fifth seed conversation. And I bet he has he has a moment. It could be. Yeah, that's probably the right one. And Rudy could he could do it. He could he could definitely be back to back defensive player of the year. But I think if the Thunder stay in the top two or three, then I think that Paul George will will definitely have a case. So I'm not worried that he doesn't have a chance. I think that he'll, he'll at season's end, will have a chance. And he may even win the thing. Um, okay, next one. Panic meter. Alex Sabrinas' future with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Are you worried at all, Andrew? Are you panicked? Are you panicked that he's leaving us? <laughs> Um, mm, that's a that's a tough question because I, I mean he'll be a free agent he'll be a restricted free agent this summer, and if he doesn't play much the rest of the season, I mean he, the Thunder just may not want him to come back. I know that they really like him, uh, but I don't know. I just don't. I don't. If you expect Diallo to develop over the summer, if you like Nader, you feel like he could develop a little bit more. I mean, I just, I mean, he's a, he's a fringe rotation player at this point, probably. Um, so I don't know. I mean, like a five, like I'm not, I don't feel panicked at, I don't really feel panicked. I just don't know that he'll come. I don't know that he'll come back. I don't know what the Thunder will offer him. And at this point, he's probably like fighting for his life to even stay in the NBA if that's what he wants to do. Sounds like you don't love him as much as some of us do. That's what I, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I like him a lot. I just he's he just hasn't shown an ability to stay on the court for any length of time uh, throughout his entire career in the NBA, which is concerning. That's concerning. If he could stay on the court for a whole season and could play every night, I think he's awesome. I think he's a guy that you definitely want on your team. You definitely want him in your top nine rotation. He's that good. He can really, really shoot the basketball. He's become a better defender. He has good passing instincts. I think he's great, but it's it's tough when you have can't carry a guy on your team that can't play every night and goes, you know, five you know five or ten games where he can really play and he starts to get into a groove and then he has a little injury or something happens and he can't play for ten fifteen games. I mean, like that's, I mean that's that's a tough thing. I mean, consistency is such a big thing in the NBA and he's just a guy that just doesn't have it and that's okay. If he could play, then yeah, but I just. Uh, we don't. I think if we knew details about what's been going on with him, uh, I might be able to go. I might be a little bit more optimistic. But I just don't. We don't have any details, and it's it's worrisome. I'm just. It's it is worrisome for him. All right, next one. Panic meter. Raymond Felton's happiness. <laughs> okay. Are you Explain are you worried this. about him? I'm just worried. I just haven't seen him recently. <laughs> You know, I catch glimpses of him. I'm sure he'd love to be playing. I'm just worried that he's he's you know turning sour. Yeah, I'd probably go like an eight. 
Yeah, I don't think he's happy. I think he would like to play. I feel bad for him. I just want. I just, he still got some juice left, Andrew. There's some juice. He could. I mean, he. I mean, honestly, that might be. I don't think they'll do it, but that might be a thing. At the end, that of the they season. just like buy him out. Buy him out. Buy him out, or trade him to somebody for a trade exception. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's not set him free. You're not getting a huge trade exception, but you know, Sam likes to have trade exceptions so he can watch them expire. So, um, okay. Next panic meter. OKC's chances to have three all-stars. Uh, I've always thought that this was so like 10 means that they're not going to get three all-stars. Right. You'd be panicked because you don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. 10. Oh, okay. I don't think it's, I've, I've never really, I mean, it's exciting that Steve has gotten all this attention. It's great. I just don't think it's going to happen. Hmm. Friend, friend on, um, you know, I, I didn't really, but I would say that the early returns have been a little more promising for Steven Adams than I anticipated. Oh yeah. Um, Way more promising. And shout out, shout out to the Steve Thunder fan on Twitter because he's, he's really been pushing them. Yeah. I, I haven't done it once yet, but I, I promise I will. <laughs> I promise I will vote. Have you voted, Andrew? No. <laughs> it's very easy to do because I Google other players and it yeah. pops right up. You can vote for him. So I was Googling like Daniel House, who we'll talk about in a second. Did you vote for Daniel? I, I was like, oh, I could vote for Daniel right now. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> but I haven't done it with Hold any on. of the players that I actually like. I can do it right now. Oh, you're doing it right now. You know what? I'll do it as well. Right now, live vote on the pod. Vote for Steven Adams. Done. Steven Adams. Done. Vote for Deontay Burton. No. Andrew, put down the mouse. I have 10. And done. So you you can vote 10 times a day, it looks like. For the same guy? No, it has to be 10 different players, but you get 10 votes per day. Hmm. Okay, I just voted for Steven Adams. Just voted All for right. Deontay and for Steven Adams. All right, now I'm going to vote for Daniel House. <laughs> okay, I voted for Daniel House. We're voting okay. for, for G League players right now. <laughs> uh, okay, next, uh, I got two more. Panic meter, OKC's chances to host a first-round series. Three. Three, so you're still feeling pretty good. Yeah. Still feeling pretty confident. Yeah. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> I'm wavering. Where are you at? Mm, I'm probably at like a six. Okay. I'm just getting a little, I'm just starting to get a little nervous. Yeah. Just a little. Well, I'm waiting. Although to be honest, I'm just waiting for any of these teams below them to really catch fire. Um, it was the Spurs, but now they've lost two in a row. They're only six and four in their last 10 Clippers, five and five in their last 10 yeah. Blazers, six and four in their last 10. Clippers have lost three in a row. Blazers have lost two in a row. We know what's going on with the Lakers. They're four and six in their last 10. Really the only team below them that's been playing well, other than the Rockets, obviously, is the Jazz, who are seven and three in their last 10. And they've won four in a row. And I, 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 that's kind of why I talked about Gobert, because I do expect them to jump up. But yeah. otherwise, they're the only team that I'm really concerned about, like making a run. The rest of these teams, I think, are going to kind of just do what the Thunder are doing. And Houston lost Capella. Yeah, I know exactly. they beat the Grizzlies, but the, the I did, I watched that game because League Pass is free right now. That the Grizzlies suck. That was so bad. 
They were so terrible. I mean, their offense, I just was just baffled at how bad it was. I mean, they were horrible. I mean, I think most teams can beat that Rockets team as long as James doesn't go off for 57 points. And they they were triple teaming him, but they were offering... They were giving like very little resistance in their triple teams, which is a weird thing to say. But they just weren't playing very hard. I mean, it was very like Thunder-esque, that Grizzlies team. Uh, yeah. But missing Capella is a huge deal. That is a huge, huge deal for that team. I just think James Harden is going to be so exhausted by playoff time. Like they, it's it's very, you know, 2017 Westbrook, where I just don't think that you can sustain that kind of effort for an entire season, get to the playoffs, and get even through round one. I just don't right. think that it's possible. Uh, it's it's insane what he's the load that he's having to carry, and now he doesn't even have Danny Well. Uh, yes. Well, just give me one second. Okay. We will get to that. Okay. Okay. Last one. Panic meter. <clears throat> just mentioned him. James Harden winning back to back MVPs. I think he'll win it. Yeah. I'm kind of panicked now. I wasn't. I was like, ultimately, Giannis will will rise to the top. I think People he deserves gonna... it, man. He's been really good. Like, he, he has. Like he's. I don't. I don't think there's anybody more valuable to their team than he is this season. Like this, you put anybody else in his place right now. Like there's, there's no way that anybody else can do what he's doing with nobody else. Basically, nobody else to pass it to at this point. Yeah. That of of consequence. I mean, that's just. I mean, Austin Rivers is he their second best player right now? In like, terms of like how they're actually playing, yeah, probably. I mean, that's 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 worse than what Westbrook had. I mean, he is, it's unbelievable the amount that he's taking on and the possessions that he's using. His usage rate is through the roof. I mean, I just don't, I think that he, it's, it's very similar to 2016, 17 Russell Westbrook. I mean, that's what this is for him and he's going to win it. And the people that, you know, clowned on Westbrook are going to vote for him and talk about how incredible he is. And we're just going to be like, yeah, this was a lot like what happened in Oklahoma city a few years ago. Um, but the, he's doing it, and he's he's doing great. And I just think he's going to be really tested over the next few weeks without Capella because Capella was has been so good for them. And you know, come playoff time, they could be a little bit dangerous. But I just think that James is going to be too worn out. I mean, I just think that's a thing. People talked about that in the past, like, oh, well, James really needs Chris Paul because he's just worn out by the playoffs. You know, when they got beat by the Spurs in the second round, and that's. People talked about how tired James Harden was. Well, I think he's tired then. Like, he's, how? What's he going to be this season? Um, I'm also interested to see what happens when CP3 comes back because yeah. he he didn't look great earlier in the season. Oh, obviously a, they would an love to have him back. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be excited to have him back. Um, but I'm just interested to see how that changes Harden's MVP candidacy. What do you think about the people that are saying? The Rockets won't even. The Rockets are playing all these terrible players, but they will not let Melo play. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty damning. <laughs> I just don't and think it's that simple. I don't think that I, you. I don't think you can let Melo come play on your team until everybody gets healthy, and then give him the boot again. I just don't think that you do that to a guy. I think that that would look so bad. I think that optics are, are a part of this because the Rockets, if you do that to Carmelo Anthony, 
who as terrible as he's been, and as much as he's probably done playing in the NBA, he still has some power within NBA players. Like people respect him. You know, Westbrook and George still really respect that guy and have a friendship with him. I just don't I think it would look really bad if they did that, like played him for like three weeks and then, you know, sat him back down or waved him yeah. or whatever. Then I just don't I just don't think you can do that. I just don't think you can. You're probably right. Um, I I also have seen pictures of Mello out fishing, so I don't know if Mello <laughs> like you, you just haven't heard a lot from Mello. Yeah. In the last few weeks. So I wonder if he's kind of just accepted the fact that he should just you know kind of do his own thing now. Do you think he it, plays for a team this season? I don't at this point. I feel like yeah. it's over. I don't either. Um, are you ready for our brand new Seget segment? <laughs> I'm ready for the Seget. Seget. Uh, the Daniel House Minute. <laughs> uh, I just thought this was really interesting. This was from, well, Jonathan Fegan reported it, but then Tim McMahon tweeted out, uh, that sources say Daniel House Jr. has declined the Rockets' contract offer. He'll remain on a two-way contract, but with his allotment of NBA days used, he can only play in the G League unless he reaches terms on a standard deal. He has previously been starting for Houston. I just thought this was pretty awesome because he <laughs> went from a guy who you and me just joked about back yeah. when the Rockets were bad. Yeah. Now he's just flexing on the Rockets because yeah. he knows that they need him. Mm-hmm. And they originally offered him a three-year non-guaranteed deal. Then they bumped that up to a three-year guaranteed deal, all at the minimum. And he said, no, I don't want to do it. And him, his agent is actually Markel Fultz's agent, that Raymond Brothers. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And they want him to be a restricted free agent this summer. But it's interesting. really interesting because he's on that two-way contract and we, we've kind of talked about this with Deontay. Yeah. Like once you use the days that are allotted to you, you either have to stay in the G League or you have to sign a contract. And so I'm really interested to see because this is a guy who's been getting significant minutes for the Rockets recently. Yeah. And he can't play with them right now. He has to go back to the G League. Yeah. And this is on the heels of them losing Capella. Yeah. And so I uh, just a great power move by this <laughs> random guy who we didn't know before this season. <laughs> I, I was just pumped for him. A guy who's actually named Daniel, and that's yeah. how you say it. Yeah, how many minutes did he play against the Grizzlies the other night? I'm looking it up. Daniel House, 36 minutes. The other it's night, serious. He's Sec- like a second, serious rotation player. Second leading score on the team, which is only yeah. 15 points. So his agent said that uh, we rejected both offers and asked the Rockets to convert him for the remainder of the season. They want him to be a restricted free agent. And then Tim McMahon said, you know, obviously from the Rockets perspective, they want multi-year commitment from young players that they invested time in developing. They do not want to set a precedent of converting two-way success stories for the rest of the season. The $4.16 million in the three-year offer is more guaranteed money than a late first-round pick gets, which that's kind of interesting. It's like, wow, that is so. That is a pretty good deal for him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was not a first-round pick, and he's basically – being offered as if he were. And so I don't know. I'm interested to see how this turns out. It's, we haven't really seen something like this with one of these two way contracts where a guy's come in and made such an impact that he can actually demand something. He's shooting 39% from three, 25 minutes a game, 81% from the free throw line. He's a wing. I mean, I don't blame him. He could probably go get a 
two year, $10 million contract from somebody? Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's, so, a, uh, there's a lot of money to spend this summer. I don't blame him. Like I, and what leverage do the Rockets have at this point? <laughs> it's a weird, it's, it's a very weird, le- I guess it's a very weird leverage conversation. But I think if anybody has it, it's it's Mr. House because they need him pretty badly right now. Because if he doesn't play 36 minutes, I mean, who's going to play it? I mean, I, they're going to have to go with 70% of Trevor Ariza to yeah. play a lot of minutes. Uh, James Ennis, who has not been good for them. Yeah, that that is true. You think about how much James Ennis was hyped up in this guy Daniel House comes around along and just yeah basically takes his spot in the rotation. I mean House, Gary Clark, Gerald Green all played way more minutes than James Ennis did the other night. Yeah. Shout out to him. <laughs> Shout out. Um okay, I have a few quick uh this week in Thunder history for you. Okay. All right. The first one is a quiz for you. January eighteenth, two thousand fourteen, Kevin Durant scored what remains his career high in points in a game. Now, Andrew, I will award you the Lifetime Achievement Thunder Dork Award if you can tell me the number of points he scored as his career high and the team he scored them against. And you can guess. You can guess. 62 points. I don't remember the team. 54. That's it. 54 is Kevin Durant's high. LaMarcus Aldridge. Was it the no, <laughs> think think of what the most obvious one would be, and you're like, Ugh. oh, of course, Bobcats. No, the Warriors. It was against the Warriors. Oh, freaking a! <laughs> well, yeah, we beat the Warriors. Um, once upon a time, but yeah, I was just surprised. Fifty-four points. That means Lamarcus Aldridge has a higher single season or single game career high total. Yeah, than Kevin Durant. That is bizarre. That's got to go up. He has to score 60 points at some point in his career, right? You'd think. I mean, James Harden scored over 50, I think, three or four times this season. Yeah. On that team, he won't. On that team, he yeah, won't. Yeah, maybe, maybe next season. When he plays for the Knicks, he'll do it. Um, okay, my other This Week in Thunder history, we're going back to 2015. And it was uh, trade rumor season. During the Thunder Rockets game Thursday night, ESPN's Chris Broussard reported that Oklahoma City was involved in a potential three-team trade that would bring center Brooke Lopez to the Thunder. I just wanted to think back and, uh, and talk about that failed deal. So <laughs> what I, well, the part I forgot was that they had originally had discussions with the Nets that involved just Kendrick Perkins, Perry Jones, and Lance Thomas going to Brooklyn in exchange for Brooke Lopez. The Nets decided to stand pat at that time. They were pretty happy with how things were going. The new deal that came up closer to the trade deadline obviously involved Reggie Jackson. And Brooklyn just wanted to make sure that Reggie Jackson would sign an extension. That was like what the deal was hinging on. (laughs) They're like, we'll do this, but we really want to keep Reggie Jackson long term. We don't want to just lose this guy. And, uh, And then, as we all know, it fell apart. They ended up doing the trade that brought in Ennis Cantor which, of course, involved a first-round pick going out, which the Lopez deal wouldn't have. Yeah. And that first-round pick then turned into Josh Okogie, who oh. now plays for the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just, you know, thinking back, you know, it's another Thunder what-if. Obviously, 
he was on a kind of expiring deal. He, he had a player option for that next season. Brooke Lopez did. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of why the Nets were interested in getting rid of him initially, like why they would have traded him for that first package was because they could have just guaranteed that he wasn't going to accept that player option. But it's interesting to think about how that might have gone. Yeah. So that was before their, their big playoff run. So I've heard that Brooke was not willing to stay in OKC after that season. Long term. Yeah. Okay. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't want the trade. He didn't want to come to, he didn't want to play in Oklahoma city. He, he knew he'd be coming off the bench. Um, and so would he, he, why would he be coming off the bench? Oh, cause Steven Adams was Steven. still there. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about him. Yeah, maybe you started Brooke and you bring Steven. I mean, it's a <clears throat> it's a weird one, but I think that it, I think at the end of the day, Brooke comes off the bench. He's better than Cantor. He would have been a lot better for the team because he can actually defend the rim. So, um, so I mean, I think that it would have helped them in the short term, certainly, but long term, they just lose him as an asset. Cause right. He, he, I think that's part of the reason why the Thunder didn't do it is because they he he said he didn't want to stay. So. Uh, but yeah, it is an interesting one because I mean, they, I, I don't know if they get to the finals with Brooke Lopez. Maybe they do. I think he's probably because the, the margin was so thin and Cantor really couldn't play much in the conference finals. And maybe Brooke could play a little bit more. You know, what would have been interesting if they do that trade, Brooke Lopez leaves and then they're on the outside of the Ennis Cantor free agency discussion. And do they make, <laughs> I don't even, even know if they could have made an offer. Yeah, I don't know if they have that much cap space, but that it would be <laughs> interesting. Because yeah. I wonder how differently that would have gone. Because Portland probably doesn't make a max offer because they know that Utah is probably not going to want to keep them. Yeah. So I bet he makes significantly less in that scenario. Without a doubt, he does. And he still probably wants to leave Utah. Like who wants, yeah. Yeah, the Ennis Cantor story Obviously, it was much better for him here because he wasn't playing all that much for Utah just because I had too many big guys. Right. Yeah, that is it's probably more of an interesting what if for Ennis Cantor's pocketbook than it is for <laughs> anything else. <laughs> well, who knows what would have happened with uh, Reggie Jackson, you know, then they don't make the D'Angelo Russell trade in Brooklyn. Yeah, these little uh, deals really do impact the league in ways that you don't even think about. You're right, because, I mean, maybe they actually, I would probably still encourage them to do the D'Angelo Russell deal even with Richard Jackson. Yeah, true. Because I think that probably at this point, Detroit, they didn't give up a whole lot, but I still think they probably have some buyer's remorse on Reggie, especially giving him the contract they gave him. Yeah, the contract was the worst part. They yeah. kind of doubled down on him. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else? The Thunder play the Lakers Thursday night. No LeBron here in OKC. Uh, still should be exciting when the Lakers come to town. It's always exciting. Uh, and this, I feel like this is the first national TV game since everything's kind of gone wrong with the Lakers. Yeah. Because um, they had that really bad game. And then last night they beat the Bulls, but it really wasn't that convincing. So there, there should be a lot of... I, I, I'm anticipating some booing. Oh, wait. This is at home, isn't it? Oh, yeah. we'll never find Yeah. It's in OKC. No. We can still boo them. Yeah, we can boo them. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the Lakers fans, we can boo them. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. Follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our show at Down to Dunk. Just take some time to leave us a five-star iTunes review. 
Uh, that would really mean a lot to us. I hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you guys again Friday morning.